Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening, everyone. This is Arthur Pearlie Martin dropping in briefly to talk about knowing our Father God, knowing God as our Abba Father, meaning Father. Do you know God as your Father? What is your perception of God? Because our perception of God will determine how we relate to God. We're getting ready to get into this in one second and one moment, but before we do, you guys already know what we're going to do. First thing we're going to do is we're going to pray. Father God, we just thank you for joining us, for being in the midst of us, for we assemble ourselves together, Lord, in honor of you, in recognition of you, to worship you, to adore you, to give you praise, to give you honor, and to give you glory, to repent before you, Father, of everything in our lives that's contrary to who you are, to how you are, to your will, to your way, to your want. Father, we say that we repent and we're sorry. For godly sorrow work is repentance unto salvation. Father, so open our ears to hear what the spirit of the living God has to say to us, Father. Anoint my lips of clay so I can say what you would have me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I, I'm going to jump in quickly here. I'm not going to be before you that long. At least I don't think. I don't know if it's really whatever the Lord says, right? I just want the Lord's will to be done. Um, give me one second, one minute, one moment. I'm on my, um, I'm on um, my podcast also. So give me one second. And you guys, make sure that you subscribe, uh, support my podcast, hit that support button. Um, you guys, uh, visit my website for our nonprofit and donate to us. It's WeCare1966.us. Um, help us uh, so we can help others uh, in our community outreach missions, street missions. Um, we want to feed the homeless. Uh, it's, getting, it's, it's cold. It's cold today. So we want to be able to, to help our neighbors because our neighbors are those uh, that are in our sphere of influence. One moment, one second, one minute. I had my um, I had all my notes here. I'm looking for them now. Give me one second. How many of you know that um, the Bible tells us and teaches us that those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God? That we are the sons of God, and the way that we know that we are the sons of God is because His Spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know this. That we are his children. How many of you know that? That God's spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know that we are children of God. Romans 8 and 15 NLT says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you, you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. Lord have mercy, Jesus. That is so powerful. Did you hear what it says? that you received God's spirit when he adopted you. Do you know uh, the importance of being adopted? Because when we are adopted, that means that God chose us on purpose. We've been chosen on purpose. When someone adopts you, Lord have mercy, Jesus, they chose me on purpose. They chose you on purpose. How many of you know that you're not an afterthought? that you are a God ideal, that before the foundations of the world, the Bible say that God knew you. He, uh, I don't know about you, but I want to know what God knows. 
God knew you before he knitted us together in our mother's womb. The word of God teaches us that God knew us. Now, um, it wasn't that we first loved God, but it was because God first loved us and he proved his love to us. The, the Bible said that when we were yet sinners, the way he proved his love to us is that he went, he died for us when we were yet sinners. In other words, it had nothing to do with how good I was, but it was all about how good our father is, how good God is. God is good. That's not just a religious logo or religious slang, but God really is good. And every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father. Jesus said to them, he said, why do you call me good? He said, there's none good but the Father. And I like to say anything about me that you see is good is all because of my God, who's so very, very good. But here it is. I want to, I'm trying to stick with this, how we were adopted. I want you to know that you are, have been adopted um, you are accepted by the beloved. You are God is your father if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I pray that you guys have accepted Jesus Christ. The word of God says, He whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if we believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died and He rose, um, that we shall be saved. It's with our, our mouth that we confess, but it's with our heart that we believe unto salvation. So I pray, read Romans 10, 9 and 10 and accept the Lord Jesus Christ today. Say, Lord, save me. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But anyway, was God adopted us and, um, and as his own children, now we call him. As a child of God, we call God our father, right? Isn't that why we call our uh, biological parents mom and dad? Because we came out of them. We were born out of them. We came through them. And when we get born again, we were born again uh, by the Spirit, and we came out of Him. Now we are uh, have been adopted. We are sons of God. We are children of God. Uh, even uh, Psalms, I think it's eighty-two five, said that we are gods. Um, small G, not the God, but we are God. Psalms eighty-two and six says, "I said, you are gods." And all of you are children of the highest. Why is he saying that we're gods? The reason he's saying we're gods is because we're children of God. We're not the God. This is a small g. Read it, Psalms 82, 6. Because when God is your father, you're children of God or sons of God or daughters of God, right? So this is what that's saying. So God being our father, do you know him as your Abba father? I'm trying to get us to see, uh, 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 change our perception of who he is and how he is. And he's not the man upstairs and everything that Jesus Christ did, it's already finished. It's already done. We have to quit seeing ourselves as trying to get God to do something. Okay. It's already finished and it's already done. We have to believe that is already finished and is already done. It's, it's past tense, okay? We're not trying to get him to do anything. Jesus Christ is not coming back down again until it's time. But he's not coming to do again what he's already done. He said it's finished. The work has been finished. Now we, by faith, have to walk in what he's already done. It's not having faith in our faith. It's having faith in what God said. So it's so important that we spend time in the word of God because we can't have faith in God without uh, spending time with God. Uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We can know God and not have faith in God. Um, so what are you saying? Have faith in God is to believe in what he says. Okay. 
So that comes out of relationship, relationship, relationship. I'm trying to change your perception of who God is because if we see him as God being up here and we being down here, it's going to be hard for us to receive anything from him because we're going to see ourselves separate and apart from him. But 2 Corinthians 5 and 16, uh, 17 tells us, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, look, see, that's what that word means. All things have become new. I'm going to see if I can stick with this scripture here. Let me go back and see if I can finish it. Romans 8, 50, Romans, we're going to move on down to Romans 8 and 16. This is the NLT. It says, um, let me go on and do it again. Romans 8, 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful, you know, or uh, fearful slaves. In other words, God has not given us the spirit that God gave us. 2 Timothy 5, 17. The spirit that God gives us is not a spirit of fear. And we have to begin to see it as fear because fear causes torment and fear holds us captive. It holds us in bondage, right? Well, God has not given us, we have not received a spirit that makes us fearful and slaves. Okay. That spirit of fear does not come from our father, but God has given us, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. Instead, when we got born again, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive God's spirit. The spirit we have is God's spirit. And how many know Second Corinthians um, tells us if uh, uh, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? That means his, the spirit of the living God is living on the inside of us. See, we're not calling God down. God is in us. As born-again believers... I'm going to stop. I'm going to sit here for a second, for a minute, for a moment, because it's so important that we get that revelation that God is not just for me and God is not just for us, but the spirit of the living God is on the inside of us. And he says that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? He tells us right here, he says, instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. This is why we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joined with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. King James says that his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit lets me, that's why people know when they're saved. If you got saved for real, can't no devil in hell talk you out of it. Because why is this? Because his spirit, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with your spirit to say, yes, you are my child. You are my child. His spirit bears witness with our spirit to let us know that we are children of God. And verse 17 says, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his sufferings. (laughs) So we need to arm ourselves likewise. We're going to suffer persecution like Christ suffered persecution, false persecution. You know, some people have literally lost their lives in different countries for not uh, for, for confessing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they wouldn't denounce him. But arm yourself likewise, as he is, so are we, because we have the same spirit. Let me explain this to you. Devils don't die, right? So what does that mean? So what I'm saying is those same devils that was here doing God, when Jesus was on the earth, they're still here. Those same demons, they're still here on the earth and they're going to be here until the end times, till they are locked up into the lake of fire. So um, 
But greater is he that's in us than the spirit of the Antichrist, which is the spirit that's against Christ that's in the world. The spirit of the world is against Christ. This is why he tells us in first John, love not the world nor the things of the world. Because if you love the world, then the love of God is not in us. Why is this? What is the love of the world? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are also the three temptations of Jesus Christ. These are three temptations that he had to encounter and overcome. He overcame when he was in the garden um, being tempted for 40 days and 40 nights after, after, uh, after he came out of his fast. It was the, the lust of the flesh. He was hungry. The lust of the eyes, the devil took him up on the mountain and said, look, see, if you'll bow down and worship me, I give you all of this. And then the pride of life. The pride of life always try to get us to try to prove ourselves. If you be the son of God, it always try to, the devil will always try to get you to question your identity. That's the pride of life. How many of you, know, you don't have to prove anything to anybody. God knows your name. He knows exactly who you are and whose you are. You don't have to prove anything. Jesus knew who he was. He said, but you should, it is written, you should not tempt the Lord thy God. You can't test me. I already know who I am. And when you know who you are, you don't have to tell anybody who you are. They'll know who you are. <laughs> so a lot of times we speak about generational curses. But as born-again believers, it tells us right up here in um, 17 that we are heirs and joint heirs in Christ Jesus. Because when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we became entitled to everything that Jesus became entitled to. We are king's kids. We're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. We have an inheritance. So I like to tell people, just because you might not have it in your physical hands, don't mean you ain't got it because our our father, our Abba Father, he will get whatever, he will supply our every need. Whatever it is that we need for the journey, he said, you don't have to take no coat, no shoes, no coat, no nothing. God will supply you with what you need for the journey he has assigned you to. Don't that just make sense? And a lot of times, don't confuse what you need with what you want because you might not have everything that you want, but I promise you, you got everything that you need. Right. Our goal is to continue seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And he has promised to add all these natural things unto us. He said, look, I clothe the lilies of the field. I feed the birds of the air. Don't you know, in other words, I think more highly of you than these natural things. What an honor and a privilege out of all of God's creation that he would put his spirit on the inside of us. I don't know about you, but I could. we are wonderfully and marvelously made. We are made in his image, in his very own likeness. Created in his image, in his likeness. We are three-part beings just like he is. Spirit, soul, body, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What an honor and a privilege. And that's how I feel whenever the Lord gives me an opportunity to be a blessing to anyone. I think, oh my God, what an honor and a privilege to be able to serve the people that you so dearly love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How many of you know that in this hour, some people are not going to come because of the Bible verses that you know, or the fact that you even want to pray with them. Some of these people, you're actually going to have to buy stuff for them. You're going to have, have to actually, you know, the Lord told me today, he said, um, as long, the more you, the, uh, as long as you give, you'll never be without. 
as you get, the more you give, the less you'll need. <laughs> the more you give, the less you'll need. The more you give, when you give, you won't have no wants. <laughs> some people aren't, some people are not, they're not going to be one with the word. They're going to need, we're going to have some signs and some wonders following this word because they, they are familiar with that religious spirit. They, they've heard the sermons. They know the Bible verses. Um, but faith without works is dead. We're actually going to have to show these people the goodness of God, the love of God, the uh, the kindness of God through acts of kindness. We're literally going to have to put some feet to our faith and do, actually do what the Word of God says. Now that we finish preaching it, now that we finish teaching it, now we have to go out into the world and we have to do exactly what he says. A lot of times people, we don't, we're saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I like to tell people, the Lord has really been having me on this lately. Um, do what Jesus did. <laughs> Jesus didn't just teach the word. He didn't just preach the word, but he fed the multitude. You, you see what I'm saying? He ministered and catered to the physical needs of the people. He did not send the people away hungry. He did not. He fed the multitude when they followed him. He cooked the fish for his disciples. He said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. So my prayer is that we have the heart of a servant and that uh, we become disciples more and more like him as we grow into the knowledge of who he is. Um, but again, I was talking about a lot of times we speak about generational curses, but as born again believers, we're heirs and joint heirs in Christ Jesus. So never see yourself as poor. Never speak lack because just because you don't have it, when you need it, your father will see that you get it. Okay, he'll he'll see that. But see, the, the, uh, the provisions of God are in the will of God. So a lot of times we don't have the things that we think we need or the things that we think we want is because you're not, if we're not doing anything, what do we need it for? If we don't have a million dollar vision, what do we need a million dollars for? Okay. So, um, let's, uh, write out the vision and make it plain and let's just start being about the uh, father's business. Um, let's do what Jesus did where no one is exempt from doing, from serving. Doesn't matter which title is. Doesn't matter how long you've been a believer. I've been saved now for like 31 years. It does not matter. It, no one is exempt from doing the works of Jesus. What was the works of Jesus? It wasn't just casting out devils and laying hands on the sick. He was washing their feet. That He was being humble. He said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Humility. Promotion comes from the Lord. He says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to those that are humble. Despise not the days of small beginnings. Because everything starts with a seed before it grows into a big, big tree. Okay? So um, so now, as children of God, uh, we become sons of God. We're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. Psalms 82 and 6 says, you are God. I, I'm trying to get you to see the relationship um, that we have with our Abba Father. Um as our Abba Father, he corrects us when we're wrong so we can be holy like him. For God has said, be ye holy for I am holy. Um, holiness is our lifestyle. It's not our dress. It's not our clothes style. <laughs> it's not our shoe size, our clothes size. Um, but holiness is our lifestyle. Be ye holy as I am holy, says the Lord. He's talking about a lifestyle. He's not talking about long dresses, no makeup. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about our lifestyle to be holy. 
Okay. Um, so sanctification is a process. But as we begin to renew our mind, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will know that good, acceptable and perfect will of God be not conformed, but be ye transformed. The word of God will transform and change our lives if we do it. Knowing the word is not enough. We actually have to act on the word. So make sure you get with a good teaching church because uh, teachers, can sh- they know how to impart, tell you how to do. Because sometimes, you, a lot of times we can know a lot of Bible verses and not know how to do it. Um, but where do we start? Do what Jesus did. Do what Jesus did. Feed the hungry, clothe the naked, uh, visit those that are sick, pray for those. It's a lot of different ways to do it. But again, what does that look like to me? What does that look like to you? What does feeding the hungry look like to you? It may not be opening a food pantry, but it may be buying groceries for your next door neighbor or uh, buying someone something to eat or taking someone you don't know out to eat or, you know, and there's so many ways to do it now too. You know, you can order the food online and have it sent to their front door. There's a lot of, and I'm not just talking about people you do know because the Bible says even sinners can do that, right? Even sinners can love someone that loved them. But I'm talking about, Jesus said, the way you'll know my disciples is by the love that they have. How many of you know that when you love people, you don't have to know someone to love someone? The love of God, it will compel you. That will be your motive. That will be your motivation. He said, whatever we do in word or deed, to do it as unto the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, we're going on. Job 5, 17 says, behold, how happy is the man who God reproves. So do not despise the discipline of, of the Almighty. Now, um, the Lord, he chastised those that are his, right? He chastised. That's how we know that that's our father. We understand that as children or parents, that the reason we chastise our children is so we can train them. Chast- to, when you chastise or correct or rebuke, is to train their wrong, is to take that wrong behavior so you can turn it into the right way. Okay. A, a correction. And this is meant to train us uh, in the way of righteousness. That's what the word of God is designed to do. And then sometimes there's a sharp rebuke. And sometimes not all rebukes and correction will be the same. Because it's, it, it's uh, dependent upon the condition of a person's heart. Go back and read the parable of the sower. Uh, we had the, the wayside, the, the uh, thorny side, the, um, we had the good side, the good ground. We had the, the seed that fell on top of the soil, right? Um, those are different types of hearts. If you read in that, in that parable, you're going to find that one of your, you're going to fit in there. Jesus was talking about our heart. Our heart is like a fresh pot of soil. And the word of God is the seed. Um, the parable of the sword talks about that. And so when we hear the word, the Bible say that, um, I think it's the wayside soil. They hear the word, but they only endure for a short amount of time because of the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. And that's what, and then Satan comes immediately after the seed is sown and he steals the word. Go back and listen to my podcast. I did a podcast on what is it that the devil want. We really need to know what the devil want because um, he is our adversary. Jesus said, be so, be a, a sober and be alert because your adversary, the devil, is going about seeking whom he can devour. We need to know the strategy of our enemy because when we understand what he wants, then we'll know what we need to be guarded on. 
he don't care. He don't want your money. He don't want your marriage. If he can steal your faith, he can get your money in your marriage because faith is something's hoped for. So if the devil can steal our faith, he's still our hope. And without hope, you can't have faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when you see a hopeless person, I like to ask them, you're feeling hopeless because if we don't know what the word of God says about our situation or circumstance, we're going to feel hopeless because we don't have a promise. Because real, for real, um, the word for every problem, God really does have a promise. So in order to have a relationship with God, we have to uh, spend time in the word of God because God and his word is one, right? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word became flesh and it dwelt among men, right? God and his word is one. So in, when we don't have time for the word, what we're saying is we don't have time for God. What we're saying is, God, Father, I don't have time for you. But the, the the provisions of God are in the will of God. So if you want to see the provisions of God in your life, I dare you to get in the will of God. He will give you whatever it is you need for the journey. Start doing what Jesus did. Jesus, he fed the hungry. Uh, he didn't just uh, minister to their natural need. We have to go beyond the preaching and the teaching. I, I like to say, don't teach it if you're not going to live it, because then that's going to make you a hypocrite, right? Um, because the devil is coming. Even now, all this stuff that I'm telling you, the devil is coming. Immediately after the seed is sown, Satan is coming to steal the word. That's what he wants. The word of God is our weapon of warfare against the devil. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down the strongholds, right? So we're not fighting a natural fight. We're fighting a spiritual battle. So I like to say we're in a word war. So it's so important that we arm ourselves with the word of God. Because when we don't know the word, it's like being in a war without a weapon. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Our Father disciplines us for a short time as as the uh, as he thought best. But God disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves, and he chastises every son he receives. So endure suffering as uh, um, disciples. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you do not experience discipline like everyone else, then you are illegitimate children and not true uh, true sons. Um, King James, I believe it says, God disciplines, chastises those that he loves. And those who are without chastisement are bastards. They're none of his. So um, correction comes... Uh, to train us. Correction comes to protect us from the evil one. Isn't that why you correct your kids? Because you're trying to guide them in the right way. Um, God is not correcting us because he hate us. God is correcting us because he so love us. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, our father disciplines us for a short time as they thought best, but God's disciplined us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves, and he chastens every son he receives. Endure suffering as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? If you do not experience discipline like everyone else, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Why? Because God disciplined those that he loved and those that are without chastisement are bastards. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, Our father disciplines us for a short time 
as they thought, think, thought best. But God disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. Because once again, like I was saying, it was in, but God disciplines us for, for, uh, for our good so that we may share in his holiness. His, his, uh, his discipline is to correct our wrong behaviors. That's what correction is for, is to correct our wrong behaviors, right? That's why we correct our children uh, to change their wrong actions and reactions to try to correct a wrong behavior. But he said we share in his holiness, uh, in his, um, we share in his discipline so that we can uh, be holy because holiness is a lifestyle, not a shoe size, right? We said that earlier. So we can be more, more and conformed in his image and in his likeness. This is our Abba Father. He, he wants us to look like him. We are, we're like him. We're created in his own image and likeness. Um, but he wants the fruits of the spirit to be manifested in our lives. You know how you've got kids and you say, you got mannerisms just like your father. You act just like your, your dad. Or you look just like your mom. You act just like your mom. What is this? You're seeing the characteristics of, your, of, of, uh, of the mother in this child. You see it, and this is how he wants us to be. Be ye holy, like I am holy. And when they look at you, they'll see me. They'll see peace, love, joy, long-suffering, kindness. They'll see the fruits of the Spirit being manifested in our lives. It's in us because we have the Spirit in us. And the fruits of the Spirit is, well, patience, love, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering. Galatians 5, 19, 21 in there. So he, that's the characteristics of Christ. The fruits of the spirit is the characteristics of Christ. So when we say God is good, yeah, that's his character. God is good. You're not saying it to be religious. He really is good. This is how you, this is one of the words you would use to describe him. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. It's by his love and kindness. It's the goodness of God that draws man to repentance. So yes, God is good. That's who he is. It's like God is love. The same way you say God is good, if that means in the same way you say God is love. Yes, that's who God is. It's not that God just love, but God is love. This is who he is. Okay, it's like we say, well, I'm a woman. Okay, that's who I am. I can't do anything to change it. Doesn't matter, surgeries or whatever. I am a woman and God is love. And there's nothing we can do to change who he is. But a lot of times the question is not, does God love us? That's not the question. Sometimes we're convinced that God loves us. But the question is, do we love God? Um, because the way we show our love for God is by our obedience to God. And we know this to be true because when you love someone, you want to please them. Right. So uh, we're talking about God being our Abba Father, understanding um, let's understand the characteristics of Christ, understand the characteristics of our father. We got to get to know our daddy, God, our Abba father in order for us to have an intimate relationship, because as long as we see him as the higher power of the man upstairs, that's not intimacy. That's not I am his and he is mine. I'm talking about a love story. I'm talking about intimacy. I'm talking about where we feel like we can go before him in his presence and we can approach his throne boldly and we don't have to draw back and we need to know something. We don't have to be fearful to ask him for wisdom because he's not going to rebuke us. 
you know, we don't feel like we ever have to handle anything on our own because our Abba Father is always there for us because we have not a high priest who's not touched by the feelings of our firmity, right? God can identify with us. Jesus Christ is at the right-hand side of the throne making intercessions for us on our behalf. He's sitting up there. I'm talking about knowing God as our Abba Father. So Hebrews 12 and 11 says, no discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. But later on, however, it yields a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who have been trained by it. You know, I used to say, I refuse to go through anything in life and not learn something from it. Because how many of you know that if we don't learn from our wrong behaviors and we don't learn from the things that we go through, we're not going to grow through what we go through. How many of you know God wants us to grow through what we go through so we can be trained by uh, his correction? He's saying, no, that's not right. Don't do that no more. You see what happened here? Uh, And so when we learn the lesson, when we learn the moral of the story, that means we were trained by that. Tribulations work patience. Patience produce character. I like to say trouble don't feel good, but trouble is good. Listen to my podcast. um, It's called Trouble is Training Us. Listen to how trouble is training us. Because if we'll learn the moral of the story, we won't repeat the pattern. We won't repeat the behavior. You know, uh, when we don't learn the when we don't learn the lesson, we tend to circle the wilderness, keep on doing the same thing, get stuck in the pattern, get stuck. It's like, listen, don't you remember? I mean, if you we keep doing the same thing, we gonna keep getting the same results, right? Okay, so Second Corinthians six eighteen. Now, now we know our Father loves us. He chastised those that He loved. He says, God. So okay, so when we're being corrected, that means God loves us because. People that don't care about you don't say nothing to you. People who don't care about you talk about you. They don't talk to you. So this is why I tell people I'd rather tell a person to their face because talking behind their back is not helping them. You see what I'm saying? But faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful is a kiss of an enemy. I always tell people you'll know your true friends by the truth your friends tell you. That's how you know people that care about people They'll let you know stuff, even if they don't know you. You know, I, I like to tell the story when I was in uh, uh, this one time uh, here recently. I had a headband that has that uh, Velcro stuff on it and, it. and it was in the chair and I didn't know it. And so it was stuck to my pants. And I walk in the bank and this lady came up to me. She said, I'm so sorry, but I got to tell you this. She said, your scarf is stuck to your pants. I said, oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. I mean, that showed this lady cared. She didn't know me, but you don't have to know someone to love someone. See, that's what, when you care about people, it will motivate you to go and tell, to try to help them, try to do something. And it's not about knowing just the people that you know. It's going to make you want to do something, right? So she, she, uh, she tapped me and I, sure enough, I reached back there and pulled that thing. It was stuck to my pants, but I, I couldn't feel it. I would have never known. And if she hadn't came and told me, Preferably someone else, he would use someone else that care about people to come tell me that this thing is hanging off the back of your pants. Matter of fact, I had just left the store, so it could have been it could have been on there then when I was walking around the store. I don't know, but I'm just using that as how you know she was telling me this so I could fix it. She wasn't telling me that this was on my pants because she was being mean or cruel. She was trying to help me out. You see. And so I, I heard what she said and I correct the behavior. I took that, I, took, I fixed it. I took that off. 
And I was, I was, oh, thank you so very much. I didn't think, oh, she was just trying to be funny. No, she was trying to help me. And that's faithful are the wounds of a friend. It didn't hurt me, but I'm just saying, when people tell you the truth, it's not, it's because they care about you. Um, so 2 Corinthians 6 and 18 says, and I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. 2 Corinthians 6, 18. Psalms 103, 13. Remember we talk about how our Abba Father, you know, where do we think we get, we get our parental uh, skills from our father? We get, you know, the desire to want to try to train our children up, try to tell them the right thing to discipline our children. Those are behaviors of Christ. Okay, Psalms 103.13 says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So God has compassion on those who fear him, those who, who reverence him. The word their fear doesn't mean afraid, but it means to reverence him. Um, Deuteronomy 8 and 5 says, So know in your heart that just as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Deuteronomy 8 and 5 says the same thing. The same way you discipline your children is the same way I got, our Heavenly Father disciplines us. So you know that when, when you're disciplining your kids, it's because you're trying to teach, you're trying to correct their wrong behavior. So now you can identify with your Heavenly Father to know that when he's disciplining you or he's not helping you to do something that he did not call you to do or something that's contrary to who he is, that's because he's chastising you, he's disciplining you. He's saying, nope, I'm not going to strengthen you to do what I did not ask you to do. I'm not going to co-sign on that. I'm not going to grace you. And it's going to be hard for you because I did not ask you to do that. God says my grace is sufficient, right? His grace is sufficient in helping us to do what he has asked us to do. So the Bible says that it's the way of the transgressor that's hard. It's the way of the of the transgressor that's hard. Why is this? Because the transgressor or the sinner, they're living their life opposite and contrary to God. So God is not helping me to do evil. God is not going to help us to do evil. God is only going to grace us and strengthen us to help us to do the right thing, not the wrong thing. He's not an enabler. Okay. So when you're out here trying, when we're living life contrary to Jesus Christ, life don't work right. I tell people all the time, you know, I don't know. I lived on both sides of the track and life don't work right when we're living in opposition to Jesus Christ. Life don't work right without a relationship. I said a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's our father. He's our Abba father. We can, he's our rock, our refuge. He really is a present help in time of trouble. You see when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown in the fire, he was already there. How is it that he's the fourth man? Because he's not in time. He's outside of time. He's in the trouble before we get into the trouble. So we can call, we can cry out to our Abba father help. He said he's a present help in time of trouble. He's in the trouble. He's in us. We have, I'm trying to get us to see, change our perception of our Abba Father. I'm talking about relationship, relationship and having a reverence and a respect for your heavenly father. We don't get the 
tell him what to do. He tells us what to do because isn't that what our fathers do? They tell their kids what to do. The kids don't run the father. The father runs the kid, right? We're not equal to God. We are children of God. And so he said, those who reverence me, who fear me, who have respect for me. Um, Proverbs 3 and 12 says, for the Lord disciplines the one he loves, as does a father, the son in whom he delights. That's Proverbs 3 and 12. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, as does a father, the son in whom he delights. He takes delight in him. God cares about us. He takes interest in the things that he loves. He's interested in you when he's correcting you. When he's correcting us, he's loving us. You guys pick up my book, Exposing the Devil Devices. I mean, I really got that revelation. I wrote that book hmm, about eight years ago. Exposing the Devil Devices, basically really what it is, is about being able to discern the voice of the Lord, about not ignoring God's warning signs. Because when God is warning us, it's because he's loving on us when he's correcting us. In other words, when God is telling us not to do something, he's not trying to take away our fun. Our Abba Father is not trying to take away our fun when he's saying, don't, you know, uh, don't commit adultery. Uh, don't steal. Don't kill. Whatever it is, anything, any sin, anything that we do that's contrary to who he is, that's contrary to how he is a sin, right? So he's trying to keep us because sin no longer has power over us. We're no longer a slave to sin for who the son set free is free indeed. And he did not give us a spirit of, of fear to be to be enslaved. But who the son sets free is free indeed. Sin, the Bible say that sin no longer has dominion over us. In other words, we don't just got to do it. We have a choice in the matter. We don't have to do it. We don't have to do it. We have a choice. We have a say so. Sin no longer has dominion. You know, now that Christ has came and redeemed us from the curse, it no longer has dominion. I don't have to do what I don't want to do because I have the greater one on the inside of me and I can crucify my flesh and say, no, not today. You won't have your way. You won't say what you want to say. You won't do what you want to do. No, not today. Right? So Psalms 103.13 says, again, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. So our father has compassion on us. Hebrews 12.5 and 7, it says, and you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take lightly the discipline of the Lord and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Don't become discouraged when the Lord rebukes you or he uses. How many of you know that God used people? Okay, he used the donkey, you know, to warn the prophet because the prophet didn't want to listen. So he used the donkey to correct him. He said, I'll make the rocks cry out if you won't praise me, you know, by any means necessary. He said, I love you so much. He loved them so much that he didn't want to kill him because there was an angel there with the sword, a death angel. He's going to kill the prophet. So he said, I'm going to let this donkey speak. Um, you know, the donkey could see when he couldn't see. Because sometimes we're headed on a road of destruction because the Bible said there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. The donkey was on the road to destruction. I mean, the, excuse me, the prophet of Baal. He couldn't see, but the Bible kept saying how the donkey was able to see. It said, and the donkey saw, and the donkey saw. <laughs> Some, and so because God so loved us, 
I believe he'll make a donkey talk if he has to to get your attention. Come on now, how many of you won't go to, to the end of the earth to try to protect your children? How much more does our Abba Father loves us? And you know, one thing the Lord had to tell me to really help me to rest when it came to my children is that he loved, God, I love your children more than you do. They're mine. You know, they came, they, they're, they're lent to us. How many of you know that everything that we have on this earth is lent to us? It's on loan. It doesn't matter if you have the title deed or not. When we leave this place, Ain't none of this stuff going with us. Not even the body that we live in. It's going back to dirt. So why not live for the Lord? Any, nothing. Why spend your life chasing after material things that we're going to leave behind? It's going to rust. It's going to malt. It's going to go out of style. They're going to phase it out. They're going to quit making it. They ain't making really CD players no more. They ain't making VHS players no more. You can't find one unless you go to a... Uh, a thrift store or pawn shop somewhere. They're not making them anymore. They're phasing it out. And these were the things that people were just so diligent trying to get. And now they're faded out. These things will rust. They're going to decay. They're going to malt away. All this stuff on this earth. Life does not consist in in the abundance of things. Your identity does not come from what you have or what you don't have. Our identity comes from who God says we are. We are, listen here, we are heirs. We're king's kids. We're sons, we're gods. We're sons of gods. Okay, we're and daughters of gods. We're king's kids. We're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Listen, just because a, a child knows, listen to this. Jesus said, unless you come to him as a child, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because grown people don't see a need for parental guidance. So we must humble ourselves as little children. And and he said, don't lean to your own understanding, Proverbs. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge God and he will direct your path. Right. He said, I don't want you trying to figure it out. Don't try to figure out nothing without me. If, If you need to do something, come and consult me. Ask me for wisdom. You know, just like your children understood when they were kids, they understood, they couldn't just go and plan a sleepover over their friend's house. They had to check with their parental guidance. They had to check with their mom and their daddy. They had to ask, hey, is it okay if I go and stay all night? Because they understood the position. And in order to see God as our father, we have to see ourselves as children. If we're going to reverence him, you have to see yourself as the child and, and, and our Abba father, our father God as the father. And, and, you know, I think that the reason it made it so easy for me to accept God as my father is because of the relationship I had with my stepfather. He was a really, 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 really good father. He showed me what a father looked like. And so it made it easy when I accepted Jesus Christ to embrace him as a father. Because I understood what a father does. He provides for you. He looks out for you. He takes care of you. He keeps you safe. He makes you feel safe. That's what a father does. And that's what our Abba father does. So we have to see that unless you come as a child, Grown people don't, I'm grown, nobody tells me nothing. That's not the attitude we have to have. We have to have the attitude of a child. And the same way your children had to check with you before they did things, that's the same way we have to check with our Abba Father before we do things. Are you getting this? 
I just want you to know that you're not alone. He's a mother to the motherless, a father to the fatherless. You have a father. If you was adopted and you say, well, I don't know my daddy. Yeah, I want to I introduce you to him. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then God is your father. He is your Abba father. He's a father to the fatherless and a mother to the motherless. Whatever it is that you need him to be, that's what he'll be. He said, I, I, I am that I am. And everything that we need is in him. He said, my life is hid in Jesus Christ. Our real life is hid in Jesus Christ. Our identity is in Jesus Christ. You don't have to look any further. Just look in the word and find out who he says we are. You guys pick up my study guide. These are my, I did a video of my books. A lot, some of those books are Bible study guides. Excuse me. Pick up my book, Understanding Your New Identity in Christ Jesus, because we have to know who we are and whose we are in order to walk in kingdom authority. You're not a peasant. You're not a a sinner saved by grace. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You was a sinner, but Jesus Christ saved you by grace. He redeemed us. Okay, so we don't have to go around saying that stuff. We're sinners. I won't even sing that song. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have to become convinced. You, Even though you don't got it, you might not have it in the natural, your daddy got it, right? When you was a kid and you needed something, what did you do? You go home and you ask your father or your mother for whatever it was that you needed or someone else who you thought might have it. You went to them and say, hey, I got this. I got this project. We're having a field trip at school, mama. I need $5. Daddy, I need $5. You went to someone older because you knew they would have it. And that's how God is. Just because you don't have it, you might not have it in the natural, don't mean your father. You are rich. You are heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. We have a spiritual inheritance. This is why the Lord says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of living and doing things. And all these natural things, these earthly things will be added unto you. I'm going to give it to you as you need it. Yes, I know the vision said you were going to have an airplane, but see right now you don't need the airplane. You're not in that place, in that space, in that position yet where you need it. We have to grow from faith to faith. It's kind of like our kids. It's not that you're trying to keep the car from them. What you're saying is, Right now, you're not mature enough to to drive a car. You're not big enough. You're not old enough. Um, But when you get big enough and old enough and of age and get your license, then you can drive. I'm not trying to keep any good thing from you. God, he gave us his only begotten son. He's not trying to withhold anything that's good from us. You don't try to withhold good things from your kids uh, because you don't want them to have them. It just may not be time yet. Right? Um. So as we grow from faith to faith, glory to glory, spending time with God's word, because remember God and his word is one. So when we spend time with God's word, we're spending time with him. But so, uh, and then people say too, you know, um, you look at this Bible and you say, this is a big, this is just a whole lot. And you become overwhelmed by it all. But I like to tell people, start with you because he talks about us taking the plank out of our own eye, right? You got to take the plank out of your own eye. Start with you. 
That's so when I wrote my book, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues, that's about me seeing me. Because isn't that how the first sin began? You know, Adam, he blamed Eve and he blamed, you know, that's what they did. They played the blame game. Adam blamed God and Eve and Eve blamed the serpent. No one really took responsibilities for what they did, for their own actions and reactions. Because at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, we're not going to be able to stand before the Lord and blame our husband and our children and a boss and the white man, the black man or whoever for our actions and reactions. He said, Adam, what is this you have done? He already knew what he had done. He was trying to get him to confess what he had done. How many of you know the Bible say confess your own thoughts one to another so that you can be healed? Why? Because when you confess your thoughts, the devil can no longer hide. He wants to make you feel like you're the only one in the world with this problem. That you shouldn't be, you shouldn't tell anybody because what they're going to think about you. But in the meantime, he's holding you hostage. Because for real, you need to talk to someone so you can be free. And um, not only that, you can help take whatever you went through and use it to help someone else. Because God caused all things to work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. The good, the evil, the bad, the ugly, he takes it and he causes all the work. He takes your test, give it, make it a testimony, your mess and turn it into a message. We overcome by the word of our testimony in the blood of the Lamb. Because every time we tell the truth, it exposes uh, expose a lie and it exposes the devil. It gives him no place to hide. When we tell the truth, it causes the devil to have no place to hide. So just like uh, you go to your natural father for what you need, you say, I have a father where well, you got one now because we've been adopted. Remember, we was adopted into the body. We were adopted. And this is why we say, I cry, Abba, Father. You have a father. You're no longer fatherless. God is your father. And I want you to understand and know that you can rest in him, that he is your protector. He is our rock, our refuge, our hiding place. Take time out. I want to encourage you, exhort you, remind you to take time out to get to know your Abba Father. He's not the man upstairs. You don't have to live life alone. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. God is not just with you. God is in you. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he's not just with you, but he's in you. You're not alone. And this is why we say greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. Because we have the greater one, the spirit of the living God that's on the inside of us is greater than the spirit of the Antichrist that's trying to come against us. Greater is he. God is not just with you. If you have accepted Jesus Christ, God, the spirit, the same spirit, the Bible say, that raised Christ from the dead, will, is also able to quicken your mortal body. We have that same power, that same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's on the inside of us. We are not powerless. We are not victims. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus because he's already overcame the things that we're trying to, we're, we're, we're encountering. Just follow his lead. Those who are the sons of God are led by the spirit of God. We're not trying to lead a rebellion against the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our father. There is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is death. 
Will you surrender? Will you give up your way for your father's way? Will you let go of the controls? Listen to my podcast, Letting Go of the Controls. Will you let go of the controls so God can lead you? Relax. You're not fatherless. You're not alone. You're not by yourself. Whatever it is that you need, he said he has promised to supply him. He says, seek me first because the, the provisions of God are in the will of God. See, we're trying to work outside of the will, and that's why it's so hard. And the Lord said, my yoke is easy, but my burden is light. So when we get in the will of God, we get in the flow of God. And in the will of God is the provisions of God, right? Because when we get in the will of God, that puts us on an assignment, on the assignment of God. And so God is going to finance whatever he has assigned to us. I'm getting ready to end it here. My question to you, I want to leave this with you more or less, is that if you accepted Jesus Christ, welcome to the family of God. God is your father and you're not alone. God is your father and you're not alone. I want you to know that God is your father and you're not alone. And if you don't know God as your father, I'm going to give you this opportunity to accept his son, Jesus Christ. According to Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess that your faith that, you, you, that salvation is made. So we're going to pray a prayer. Just repeat after me. Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he is Lord, and that you did raise him from the dead. And I accept his finished work. I accept your son, Jesus Christ, into my heart. And I surrender, Lord. I give up my way for your way. For you said that my life is hid in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I surrender and I say, not my will, not my way, not my want, Lord, but let your will be done in my life this day. Today, I rest in you. Today, I surrender. And I come home to the Father's house, just like the prodigal son. And I surrender. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, can you do me a favor? Can you leave me a message on this podcast? Can you let me know or can you leave me a message on my website, WeCare1966.us and go to the Contact Us button, click on that, put your information in a form and just say, hey, my name is so-and-so and I accepted Jesus Christ. It's important that you tell people that God is your father. And I like to say welcome to the family of God because what happened was when you prayed that prayer and you believed it in your heart, that the same that you were baptized into the body of Christ by the same spirit. And this is why we call each other sisters and brothers. It's because we are related by the blood of Jesus. We share the same, we got the same father. We're one body, but we're many members. And it's not going to going to the same building that may cause us to be related, but it's belonging to the same body. 
that causes us to be sisters and brothers. Jesus said, who is my mother and my father, except he that doeth the will of the father. So I say, welcome home, my brother. Welcome home, my sister, and enter into the rest of the Lord, the peace of God. And enjoy your journey in the Lord. Enjoy your Jesus journey as you begin to study and sup and fellowship and delight yourself in the Lord. Get in the word and continue, please continue to follow my podcast. Hit my uh, like button or subscribe button. So every time I do a podcast, it'll pop up. Get in the word and study. Make sure you, you know, if you're going to a church, make sure it's a good teaching church because that's how we're going to grow. We got to know to grow, right? You got to know. You got to know to grow. And Father, we ask that you fill us with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Because you said if an evil man know how to give good gifts to his children, how much more will your Heavenly Father? You're not going to give him a scorpion. You're not going to give him anything that's going to hurt him. So, Father, I ask that you anoint them with your power from on high, that you fill them with the Holy Spirit. For out of your belly, the word of God says, will flow rivers of living water. Now, so equip them, Father. I ask that you equip them and you can you prepare them. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So, if you find yourself getting ready to talk and you can't talk and you begin to speak in tongues, don't be afraid. That's just where the Holy Spirit has ignited you with his power. Let it flow. The Bible say that when we don't know how to pray as we ought, that when we pray in the spirit or we pray in tongues, it's really what we're doing is we're praying the perfect will of God. So if you want to pray the perfect will of God, pray in the spirit. Okay, so I'm going to end it here. You guys be blessed. You be so encouraged. Know that Jesus loves you. Know that I love you. But more than that, know that God loves you. You say, well, you don't know me. You don't have to know someone to love someone. I love you with the love of the Lord. Because that's how we know we know God. We love God when we love his people. Because in order to say we love God who we can't see, we have to be able to love the people who we can see. So I love you with the love of the Lord because my love for you is not based upon who you are. It's based upon whose you are. And the fact that God loves you and I love God, that means I abide in him and he's, he's abiding in me, which means I have the love of God on the inside of me, which means I don't have to know you to love you. God loves me. I love you with the love of the Lord. I love you with the love that God put inside of me. So let's spend this time loving on God, our Abba Father. He's not the man upstairs. He's with you and he's in you of accepted Jesus Christ. Your body is the temple. Wherever you go, he go. He's in you. The spirit of the living God is living now, right now, on, down on the inside of you. Let me let me read this, and I'm getting ready to getting ready to end it. I just want to leave you with this because I keep saying it to you because my prayer is, Father, that you will open up our ears so we can hear and open up our heart so we can receive this revelatory word. It's First Corinthians six and nineteen. I just want to read this to you real quick, and I and I want to leave this on your in your heart and in your mind 
that I'm going to read the English Standard Version. It says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? How many of you know that we're not our own, that you were bought at a price? Therefore, glorify God with your body. Let me, let me read it, 1 Corinthians 6 and 18. I'm going to read 18 through 20. It says, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a man can commit is outside his body. I know we say a sin is a sin, but that's not so. Because every other sin is outside the body. Sexual immorality is a different kind of sin. I'm going to tell you why. But he who sins sexually sins against his own body. You're sinning. We're sinning against the body when we commit fornication. There's no, hold on, wait a minute. There's no condemnation. Remember, we just accepted Jesus Christ today, okay? And as we begin to renew our mind in the Word of God, we're clean through the Word. The Word of God is going to... How many of you know you got to know something different in order to live different, right? We got to change our mindset to change where we're at. So we have, now that we've accepted Jesus Christ, we have to, and we know Him as our Abba Father, now we have to begin the process of renewing our mind and spending time with Him through prayer, praise, and reading the word. Start with you. Whatever your issues are, whatever it is that you need to know, if you need to know about the love of God, look up you some Bible verses about the love of God. Start with you. I like to tell people to start reading Proverbs because Proverbs, it teaches you how to live, deal with everyday life situations. But just start with you. Where are you at in life? What are the things that you know that you need to change? We need to uh, shut those open doors in our lives that gives the devil access into our lives. He tells us, he said, be sober and be alert because your adversary, the devil, is going about seeking whom he may devour. And also, I'd like to let you in on this, that when you accepted Jesus Christ, you became an enemy of, of the devil. Okay, not that he liked any of us anyway, but what I'm saying is let's shut him out. Let's give no place to him. And so those areas in our lives that we know that gives access to him, find out what the love of God says about you. Find out who you are in Christ. Pick up a Bible study guide, understanding your new identity in Christ. It's so important that we learn our new identity. Okay. Um, verse 19 says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? The Holy Spirit is in you. When you pray, the Holy Spirit is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You have not your own. We don't belong to ourselves. You're not your own. You know, when the people join the military, they call GI, government issue. When you, when you join the military, they own you. They tell you where you can go, what you can't do. Uh, they own you. And you can go to jail if you don't do what they say. You're not your own. People in the military understand that when you join the military, you're not your own. You belong to them. And when we accept that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we're not our own. We belong to him. He, we were bought. You were bought. Verse 20 says you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body. We was bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And if anyone does not have the spirit of God, they don't belong to him. I mean, even know that we're all God's creation, but we're not all God's children until we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But the good news is, I pray that you prayed Romans 10, 9 and 10. Uh, Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, save me. I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. 
Okay, we got to end it here. You guys be blessed. Be so encouraged. Keep looking for the good in your day. So you can see God's goodness all throughout your day. Meditate on the fact that you're not alone. You got a daddy. You got a father. Abba Father. He is our Abba Father. You're not. He's a father to the fatherless and a mother to the motherless. I don't want you feeling like you're by yourself anymore. We come against that spirit, spirit of rejection. You're not alone and you're not a victim. You are victorious in Christ Jesus. You're more than a conqueror. And God created you on purpose for a purpose with his good purpose in mind. You have a purpose. And so that's what we have to be in pursuit of. You say, um, read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And look at what Jesus did. And let's, let us become disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ so we can do what he did. Okay. Okay, I'm going to end it here. You guys, please uh, communicate with me. Go to my website, like I said, or leave a message right here on this podcast. If you'd like to support us, hit the support button. All proceeds go to our nonprofit. We care. Okay. I love you. You guys be blessed and be so encouraged. Again, this is Arthur Pearly Martin with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. Please share my podcast. I have like 119 podcasts. Please listen to them because uh, they're inner healing. They're going to help you to be uh, to grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. I have a lot of different subject um, matters on here. So just stroll down and you'll see the different segments and listen to them. So you can grow from faith to faith and glory to glory. Okay, you guys, so be so blessed and be encouraged. Until um, next time. And again, share this podcast. Okay.